Hello, hello! If you listened to last week's episode, you'll know it was called What Are You Paying For? and was all about what we buy into and put our energy toward and hang our hope and faith on. Well, this is going to be a piggyback message on those thoughts. And today, I'm having to ask myself some really hard questions about whether I'm taking my own advice. You see, as I'm sitting here right now, it's Wednesday afternoon. November 11th, 2 o'clock. Yesterday was the election. So by the time you hear this, the verdict will be in, hopefully. (laughs) But right now, we still don't have all the votes counted, and it's a close race to be sure. Do you hear the panic in my voice? (laughs) I hate to ponder the possibilities, but I fear that either victor will bring the nation to an immediate gut check. I'm just waiting for whichever candidate is defeated to contest and draw out all this negativity, which we could just simply use an abrupt end to if you want to be honest. I think we're all more than a little uncertain about what the future might look like, how our freedoms and our liberties and our government and our pandemic and our economy and our lives may change. And that's a lot to be uncertain about, right? Last night, as my husband and I hung out in front of the election reports in front of the TV, I literally felt my chest getting tighter and tighter. I went outside and did some grounding. I said a prayer, and I finally just found myself in the hot tub, deep in thought. And in answer to my prayer for peace and for our nation, I found my thoughts turning to how and what I might be doing to prepare for that future, no matter what it looks like. I was immediately reminded of President Russell M. Nelson's Women's Conference Address just last month. It was entitled, Embrace the Future with Faith. If you haven't listened to it, oh, I highly recommend it. It's amazing. It's kind of like our prophet could almost see into our very near future when he shared this specific message. What a concept, right? (laughs) He lovingly reminded us that no matter the somber prophecies of our day, including the one found in DNC 138 stating that peace would be taken from the earth, that we're also promised in the Doctrine and Covenants 38, verse 30, that if ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. Boy, imagine that if we could all just completely trust that scripture with our whole heart, might, mind, and soul, I bet we'd be a little more about the preparing part, right? I agree with President Nelson, though, that this promise is one that can literally change the way we see our futures. President Nelson continues by saying, quote, For decades, the Lord's prophets have urged us to store food, water, and financial reserves for a time of need. The current pandemic has reinforced the wisdom of that council. I urge you to take steps to be temporally prepared, but I am even more concerned about your spiritual and emotional preparation, end quote. That's how I feel. If we don't have food, we go hungry. But if we don't have hope, we've got nothing. Preparing ourselves spiritually and emotionally can strengthen our fortitude, our faith, and our ability to hang on to that hope no matter what the current or future challenges may be. Preparing ourselves spiritually and emotionally might even be the most important thing we can prepare for. I think about Moroni in the Book of Mormon, right before he hit up the record he was completing for his father Mormon, and after the horrific Battle of Cumorah. We read in Mormon chapter 8, verses 3 through 5, quote, And my father also was killed by them, and I even remain alone to write the sad tale of the destruction of my people. But behold, they are gone, and I fulfill the commandment of my father, and whether they will slay me, I know not. Therefore I will write and hide up the records in the earth, 
forth, and whither I go, it mattereth not. Behold, my father hath made this record, and he hath written the intent thereof. And behold, I would write it also if I had room upon the plates, but I have not. And or I have none, for I am alone. My father hath been slain in battle, and all my kinsfolk, and I have not friends, nor whither to go. And how long the Lord will suffer that I may live, I know not. End quote. Don't you just feel his pain? My heart literally hurts for him. But gosh, I'm so grateful that this ancient prophet chose to record those specific words, even as grim as they sound for us, because that is exactly what we hope to exemplify when we're spiritually prepared, right? This is what the fruit of our preparedness labors can look like. I mean, think of it. He was all alone. He didn't know how much longer he'd live or what his future Future looked like, if he even had one. Can't you almost hear him saying this specifically to us? Almost like he's saying, I know you'll hear this eventually. It's like I'm speaking from the dust, but please hear my message. It really doesn't matter. I know who's in charge, and God's got this. Whatever will be, will be. It'll all work out. And the same will apply for you in your day. God's got this. Whatever will be, will be. It will all work out. Oh, how I want to walk into my own future with that kind of faith. Now, I want you to think about something for just a minute, okay? I looked up a few definitions, and the definition of hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen, whereas the definition of faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Similarly, the definition of belief is an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. So one more definition, this time the word trust, which means a firm belief, and we now know that belief means acceptance of truth, in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. I hope, really hope, for example, that the candidate I voted for will win the election. I hope the nation calms down and heals from all the emotional and viral suffering it's been subject to. But Moroni did more than hope, didn't he? The faith and belief he put in God literally changed everything for him. Now, we don't know, the record doesn't tell us, if he believed so completely that in the middle of all the chaos he was surrounded by, if he felt the physical pains of, say, high blood pressure, for example, or hypertension. We don't know if he had extreme anxiety that made him hyperventilate from the stress of it all, but I don't believe he did. After all, he knew his Savior personally, and I believe he meant it when he said, whatever happens, it mattereth not. So how on earth does our faith and belief compare to that? How is our blood pressure right now? How many of our headaches or clenched jaws are stress-related? That's something to think about, isn't it? So how on earth do we prepare for and grow the kind of faith that Moroni demonstrated, especially when things like this are crazy and unsettling all around us? Do we believe or even hope that it's possible? Do you remember last week, I asked how we could buy into Jesus and all that He can deliver. I said that first we needed to trust Him, and in order to trust Him, we needed to know Him. It is my belief that the best way to prepare spiritually and build the kind of faith and trust in God that Moroni had, the kind of faith that carries us through difficult times with absolute knowledge that God's got this and got us, and that no matter what happens, we will be in His hands, is to get to know God. 
And how do you do that? Now, whether this is the first time you're making a determined effort to build a close relationship with him, or if you're recommitting to knowing him on a deeper level, I believe the steps might be the same. First, we have to turn to him humbly. Ask him in prayer to feel an added measure of his love. Let him know this is important to you. And then ask him how he feels about you. Second, we do the things that draw us near to him by reading and studying the scriptures every day, pondering and studying the words of the prophets, taking the sacrament each week and repenting of our sins. And we start wherever we are. If we're just taking baby steps, he'll meet us on our path. I guarantee you of that. One of my most favorite songs, and it's a new one, is called Jesus Will Meet You There by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I want to read the words to you because I love the chorus. It goes like this. I'm not even going to sing it, so take a deep breath. (laughs) Whatever road this life takes you down, Jesus will meet you there. He knows the way to wherever you are. He knows the way to the depths of your heart. He knows the way because he's already been there. Where you're going, Jesus will meet you there. Now, the thing that matters is that we start and keep on going. As we're making concentrated efforts to know our Savior and Redeemer, or just to know Him better, I want to extend a challenge that changed my life. When I think of getting to know the Lord well enough to trust His every word and promise like Moroni did, with a faith that can override all my fears and doubts, no matter if every one of my family members and friends were dead and gone and I was hiding out amidst a bloody battle, I have to think about my relationship with Him as a hand-in-hand, one-on-one, intimate, and personal relationship. I have to remind myself that everything He did, He did for me. And yes, you too. But I like to believe that He loves me enough and cares about my own eternal welfare that if He had to atone for just one person, for just me, He would. Think about that in terms of you. That's why we take the sacrament individually. I take it for me. You take it for yourself. The symbol, one small piece of his flesh, the flesh he gave for me. One tiny little cup of my very own for me to represent the drop of blood that had my name on it. When Christ visited the Americas, we know that he invited the Nephites one by one to come to him, right? I believe he wants each one of us to have individual experiences with him and then to remember those experiences. I absolutely loved this thought that Emily Bell Freeman shared. She has this podcast and YouTube program. I've referred to it before called Don't Miss This with David Butler. And one week she shared this thought that was so powerful to me. She imagines that after she dies, she'll be standing before the Savior and he'll be looking down at her lovingly saying, Do you remember that one time on the bottom step when you were falling apart? Do you remember the peace I helped you feel? Do you remember that one time that maybe you felt the struggles of that child that one time? She believes it will be a very personal reunion when you can recall all of the interactions in all of the times that he was there in our lives. Oh, don't you love that? That gorgeous image to me touches me so deeply because I'm reminded of those times in my own life when I knew he was there helping me. So do we recognize and remember those incidents and experiences? Recording those spiritual experiences helps us remember them and adds each pebble to our rock wall of faith. I love the concept that Jesus didn't die so we could have a religion. He died so we could have a relationship. Oh, I love that. 
I believe he wants us to know him personally and individually. He certainly knows us that way, doesn't he? Relationships take effort, don't they, on both parts. So how does Christ know us so personally that he can love us perfectly? He took upon himself our sins, our heartbreaks, our illnesses, our insecurities, all of it. Yes, he made the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate effort to know us better than sometimes we even know ourselves. So what have we sacrificed to know him? Time? Effort? Letting go of some of the things of the world to make room for him. In Finding Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ October 2004 General Conference, Elder Robert D. Hale said, When the challenges of mortality come, and they come for all of us, it may seem hard to have faith and hard to believe. At these times, only faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His Atonement can bring us peace, hope, and understanding. Only faith that He suffered for our sakes will give us the strength to endure to the end. End quote. So when we think about preparing for the unseen futures that may begin, oh, as early as tomorrow, honestly, I would be willing to bet some, if not most of you, have some food storage and some savings and are trying to prepare yourselves for whatever uncertainties, calamities, or disasters may lurk there. But I just want you to ask yourself, what are we doing to prepare spiritually and emotionally for whatever our futures hold, no matter what they look like? As I wrap up my thoughts, I refer one more time to President Nelson's message, Embrace the Future with Faith. He concludes his address with these powerful words, quote, I'm not saying that the days ahead will be easy, but I promise you that the future will be glorious for those who are prepared and who continue to prepare to be instruments in the Lord's hands. I promise that as we create places of security, prepare our minds to be faithful to God and never stop preparing, God will bless us. He will deliver us, yea, insomuch that he will speak peace to our souls and will grant unto us great faith and cause us that we can hope for our deliverance in him. End quote. So as we hold our breath for the country and continue to plead for peace and healing for our nation, as we face the continuation of a global pandemic that may or may not affect our families directly, as we strive to love our neighbors and provide for our families and move forward one step at a time, one day at a time, holding fast to that faith that we have and learning to trust God by knowing Him and buying into His promises, try, 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 try to remember that God has already prepared the way. Now, He's just preparing us. Hang in there, my friends, and let's all have a wonderful week.